let me explain. Let me explain something. First of all, first of all, it is a futile attempt to try to explain the glory of God because we don't have enough words to explain his glory. Did you know that everything everybody said, even the one you thought before, is correct? Did you know that? The one you thought before is correct. Because the glory of God is God. Right? When we say the glory of God, we are talking about all that God is. The splendor of God. The majesty of God. The presence of God. Right? The wisdom of God. The manifestation of God. Everything that God is. Right? And that also includes his person. That also includes his person. Right? The glory of God. That is what God carries. That's what God manifests. So, we don't have enough word to properly articulate all that is it. Because, don't forget what I'm telling you. The glory of God is God. Are you hearing me so far? The glory of God is God. It's not another thing. It includes, just like uh, Loswin was saying, his rank, the way he ranks himself. The way he positions himself himself the way he sees himself the way he manifests right so for example in the old testament you hear something like the glory of the lord filled the temple right did you hear that right so that's like a manifested presence of god right filling the temple and i look forward to those days more in the name of jesus I look forward to do this. You know what? You know what is very important about those days? No man. You see, where I will come back to where it says no man takes his glory. When you see some things happen, and this is supposed to be the story of our lives. When you see how you're moving, even you know, say no be yourself. That sharing of glory, you can never look at yourself and say, you know, Namiduam. Are you getting the point? So you can never look at yourself. That's why, for example, when we say that we are perfect. We are acknowledging the glory of God. Because the perfection I'm talking about is the one in me. Is that true? Right. Now, just follow me very carefully. So, everything everybody said, both the one you thought before and now is, is true. It can be a manifested presence that swoops in in a place. It can be, just like we're saying, the light, the very life of God. But just know that when we say the glory is here, we're saying God himself is here. That's what we're saying. Does that make sense? And the manifestation of God varies in many things. It includes, like what my sister said, miracles. And the miracle I'm talking about is when, for example, nobody's laying hands on people, right? Now, I, I, I lay my hands on people. But I'm talking about that. Things can happen when no man is laying hands on uh, anybody, right? That somebody can be listening to a message, in a hospital bed and suddenly stands up. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Is that possible? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So it's not, it's a message. Just like put a message. So it can come in a manifested presence. It can come in an understanding. It can come, but what we are talking about here is the magnificent of God. It is the transformation of God. It is the spirit of God. It is the presence of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. I can go on and on and on. You, do, you, do you have a picture of what I'm trying to share with you this morning? So you cannot define it by saying it is this. In fact, it is everything. Are you with me so far? It is what? Everything. Everything is the person of God. Is the rank of God. Hmm? Um, what is that scripture? Uh, can you look for me? Isaiah, brother, uh, what is it? Is it Isaiah 42? I think it's either 42.8 or 43.8. That's where I want to show you the scripture where it says, my glory I will share with no man. So you start to have an understanding of what it is. Because that is the one that terrified everybody. And I will also show you where somebody tried to do that. What happened to them. So look for, is it, is that, is that? Okay, is, what is it? 42 verse 8. All right, all right, all right. Sir. So you say, say, I am the Lord. That is my name. <laughs> I am the Lord and that is my name. And then he says, and my glory I will not give to another. Now, first of all, this give here, the correct translation is yield, to yield. I will not yield my glory to another. 
question, who is this another? Hmm? <laughs> That's the question, right? Yeah, so, so it's certain. God says, I will not yield my glory to another, right? So the question, first question, who is this another? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, me, I like how you say me, yo. <laughs> me, yo. But you is also the fill of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. Yes, okay, okay. Is there anybody else? When you hear, when he, because this is where the problem started. Those who taught us, put us in this another. Yes, we were all put in this another. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see? And that's very important. I will never share my glory with anybody. Did he say anybody here? He says another. That means it's another person. Right? And this is why it's important to read the Bible very carefully. Word by word. I will not yield my glory. I will not give my glory, he says, to another. Another. To another means another somebody. Another person. Another authority. Didn't say, I will not yield my glory. Don't forget in the first place, the Bible says, what is the son of man that God is mindful of him, that God has filled him with what? His glory. Is that what it says? Did the Bible say that? That we are filled with, with God's glory. Isn't that what it says? Does that mean sharing with us? Okay. So that means, let me help you first. Deliver you first from the tension. That means this another is not me and you. First thing, this another is not me and uh, you. So, don't forget that most things that we are taught, it's not because the teachers really went back and looked at it. They heard what somebody else said. And then they continued to repeat the same thing. So, first of all, when the Bible says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory, I will not give with another. No matter how you read it, whether it is give or yield, just know that it says to another. And this another it's not me and you. Somebody say amen. This another is a stranger. Somebody else? Is there anybody else? Yes. Is there anybody else who want to take a guess? Yes. I'm coming to you. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead first. The old man. The fallen man. The other man. All right. Okay. Good. Yes. The, oh, you wanted to say what your mother said. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, but understand what this is. That first of all, this another. Because now, in the next line, the next line, we start to make things a little clearer. It says, no, my praise to calf image. So, what is also said is that I will not give. Remember the phrase, look at the English very well. First of all, I will, my glory, I will not give to another. Nor will I give my glory, or, or, or nor will I share my praise, or give, or yield, right? My praise to what? Carved images. Does it make sense now? Hmm? So, just listen to me carefully. Please. The only thing I want you to know out of what I said now, this another is not me and you. Right? Number two, are you a carved image? Huh? Uh-huh. So, it's not me and you. So, any idea you have of the glory of God that makes you think it's not something he shares with us. Right? You have to delete that because this is not me and you. Now, but I want to show you something. I will tell you the story in the Acts of Apostle because that's what they used to justify the teaching of if you touch God's glory, you are dead. <laughs> if you touch God's glory. And the reason, listen, listen to me very carefully. The reason we do these things we're doing, the reason we say the things that we're do, saying is so that whatever has formed limitation around you is removed. Are you with me so far? So that whatever has limited you is removed. So that you are free to express all that you are. There's this account in the Bible. It's in the book of Acts. Where the Bible says that a certain king called Herod gave a speech. And because that's the place they used to justify that if you touch God's glory, you are dead. <laughs> it's true, in a way, and I'll show you now. Because the Bible says that this king, Herod, gave an, a very nice speech. And the people who had the speech said, 
This is not the voice of man, but the voice of God. Is that what they said? And the Bible says, now remember, this is, don't forget what we say. Everything you read in the Gospels is eyewitness account. It's not interpretation. It's not explanation. It's stories. Telling the stories of what happened. Now look, the writer of Acts said what happened to the man. He says, listen very carefully. Because if he was in the old translation, if he was in the Old Testament, it will say something like God struck him down. Luke was very careful to say that an angel of the Lord struck him. Luke was very careful. What is it that caused that incident? Now, listen to me carefully. What, and this is the area of personality, of rank, comes in. When a man tries to make himself God, when a man tries to take the place of God, right? That means God is no more needed. I am what is needed, right? And so that means this is like when a man is trying to replace God. Is there any of you that have done that? Huh? Anybody here? You've tried to replace God. Any man that tries to take the worship of God, right? And now the Bible says, but listen very carefully to the incident. Luke is the one who said that an angel of the Lord struck him because he received the worship of the people and did not attribute it to God. That's Luke's explanation. But let me also tell you, have you noticed that the further you go into the scriptures from the gospel to the epistles, you don't see such stories again. Is that true? You don't see it. Let me also tell you one thing. Did you know that this thing the Bible says here, there are people in this country today who are doing worse than Herod did. You know that? Guru Maharaji, Olumba Olumba calls himself God for people to worship him. People worship him. Did you know that? But yet, God has not struck him down. I want you to have that picture because we have to balance things. God have never what people people like Olumbo Lumba do today is worse than what Herod did. Herod only it was him. It was people that says, "Ah, this is the voice of God, not the voice of man." No. These other people say that they are God to the point that they sit and people sing to them and worship them. <laughs> and God never struck them dead. Now you will miss one service. Now God go come kill you. Hmm? Does it make sense? If God is like that, and don't forget, everything you read under those times, those people were still under the law. Is that true? When the law is broken, something has to happen. Were people cursed in the Old Testament? Yes. So those things were active. But we have a better covenant. Somebody say a louder amen. It's because of what? See, the mercy of God. Those people, it's the mercy of God that's keeping them up. Otherwise, they will fry up on the stage. The man say, in no, in no go die. But in don't die now. In picking, don't take over like him. Hmm? And yet, yet, God has not struck him dead. These are people who call themselves God. They say they are God. In the, in the sense of that, look, I am the God that you need to worship. That's what they're saying. And that's what this place is talking about. Say, I will not vacate or yield or share my glory with another. That another is not me and you. Somebody say a very loud amen. Is this clear enough for everybody this morning? I want you to understand that. So when I say, don't forget, I'm building on saying that the, we've said that the glory is here. So the question I ask is that when you hear the glory is here, what do you hear? What is it that it means to you? And again, brothers, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, when I ask this question, I'm asking you to speak your own truth. It's not Wayek exam. You have to speak your own truth. It says this glory. And so 
the glory of God is the personality of God, is the profile of God, is the manifestation of God, is who God is, is the doings of God, is the perfection of God, is the magnificence of God, is the power of God, is the anointing of God, is the mercy of God. It is everything, both tangible manifestation of God. That's what his glory is. But we ought to be careful because there's no way you can completely describe what it is. Hallelujah. So there are portions and portions and portions of it. But I just want you to know. And so now, but let's move forward now to where we are. Because we have to clear this. We have to clear this. All those things that they taught us Kind of, it brought limitations. It brought limitations. And this is why today, when you say to somebody, say, I am the son of God, they are afraid. That's where I'm going to. They are very afraid. To say, if I stand here and say, I am God, you'll be very afraid. Because you are thinking that I am trying to take the place of God. Is that what we are doing? Hmm? No, no. Our worship is to him. In fact, the deeper you go, the more you understand what I'm saying. And that's why people are afraid. Because they've taught them all these things. Uh, God, uh, my glory, I cannot share with God. Though. If you say, say, you will hear people say it over and over again. Ah, God can do anything, no play with him. But his glory, if you touch it, <laughs> no. And no. And so, if you see the glory of God in that manner, you will never want to acknowledge it. And that's the purpose of this explanation this morning. So that if you used to think like that before, if you used to imagine that that's what it looks like, you start to change your mind. Somebody say a loud amen. Now give me, I think it's second, I didn't write the scriptures down, so I'm trying to go with my head. Second Corinthians chapter 3, I think, the last few verses. Second Corinthians, I think it's second Corinthians chapter 3. The last two, three verses. Let's take a look at it. So we start to see whether indeed God is sharing his glory with us today. Now that you know that this is not you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The last few verses. Okay, okay, yeah. Alright, alright, stop here. That's what. What is this verse? 7. So, we are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse from verse 17. From verse number 17. In case you are looking for it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 17. Now, it says, Now, the Lord... I am referring to is the Holy Spirit and wherever he is Lord, there is what? Freedom, right? And again, I have explained to you that this freedom here is freedom from what? Freedom from what? Freedom from what? Yes, this freedom here. We used to use these uh, things to sing before. When we want to sing, we say Wherever the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. So let's start to shout. Okay, no, no problem. It's not, it's not wrong. I'm just trying to tell you. Because if after you, if after you finish shouting, if after you finish singing, you are put back under the law, the Spirit of God is not there. Does that make sense? If after you say, oh yeah, okay, let us just shout, and everyone starts, hey, where the God, there's freedom, there's freedom. Then we say, amen, you sit down. And we start to introduce you back to the law, then the Holy Spirit was never there in the first place. Because what this freedom means here is freedom from the law. Because don't forget, didn't the Bible say that those who are sons of God, how do you know them? They are no longer under the law. Is that what it says? Right? Why? Because the law is supposed to, let me say it this way, supposed to be a placeholder before the Spirit comes. It's supposed to be Something to help people, right? Before the spirit comes. Something to give them a little bit of guidance, right? To stay on track. On the interim. In fact, the Bible says that when Israel were Napios, Napios is infant. God gave them the law until the time of faith comes. That's until the time of Christ comes. So the law was a temporary arrangement. And, and notice that in fact, in the case of the children of Israel, they asked for it. Right? So the law is like a placeholder to keep them. But those who are in the spirit, the Bible says they are not under the law. Does that help you confirm this scripture? So, 
That's why I say to people, the church of God is supposed to be more freedom. We still have to give rules for people who are children. Right? What I mean is that, just listen to me carefully. They have not grown to the point. Let me use giving as an example. Let me give, use giving as an example. You know, I used to tell people that there are people who come to church, they don't give. And that's okay. That's okay. You know why they're not giving? Because they're still children. Right? No, that's the truth. They're still children. And, but we don't, do we kill children? We don't terrify them. What do we do? Huh? What do we do? We continue to groom them. We continue to teach them. We continue to, you know, you know, because when you grow, you will realize that first of all, let me tell you what giving does. And this is what the church, don't forget, I'll come back to the subject, but let me highlight this. The blessing of giving that the church is yet to understand is that giving suppresses your flesh and pulls you up in the realm of the spirit, in the spirit world. What I mean spirit world? I'm not saying spooky, spooky, spooky. I'm talking about the character of God. Giving, and for you to experience this, it has to be free will. Listen to me carefully. This is why the church is not growing in this aspect because we have made giving compulsory. This is why Paul says that when it comes to giving, it should not be a matter of necessity. That means it's necessary. We need to buy drum now. So we must, everybody must give. And number two, he said it should never be a matter of compulsion. Like we, everybody is forced to give. He said rather, let every man decide where? In his own heart. So in other words, this is free will. Why is it important that it's free will? Because what you are doing is reducing the power of your flesh and growing spiritually. Because how many of you know that money is hard to give out? Anybody been there before? Because it might not always be enough. Is that true? So if you focus on yourself, you will not give. And the more you focus on yourself, what are you threatening? The flesh. You are threatening selfishness, which is the opposite of God. But when you choose, now, if you're in that flesh, I come and command you to give or terrify you to give. Huh? <laughs> That's why he said it's not compulsion. You are not giving from your spirit. Is that true? You are giving because I said it's necessary. Ah, if you come to church, you don't pay. Next Sunday, there will be no light. <laughs> now you give, but you are not growing. Because you are giving because I said you should give. Right? Or I tell you that, hmm, those of you, you know what they used to say before? Hmm. <laughs> if you don't pay your time, no problem. <laughs> your car will spoil. Have you heard people say stuff like that before? Yes. yes. So what happens is that, see, your spirit is not involved. You don't, you, you want your car to spoil, <laughs> so you will give. But when you give out of your free will, right, you choose. It's not even the giving, it's also what to give. What you are becoming is more like God. You are, your spirit man is growing. Because don't forget, and that's why this issue of money is important. Because now money, then the whole people. Yeah, is it true? Uh -huh. So, because when you look at yourself, I'm sure everybody here learn. Listen to me. If you look at yourself, only you, right? You will never want to give anybody money, because you always have something to use it for. Is that true? But when you choose in yourself to give out of this, right? And let me tell you. Let me tell you, if you continue to grow in this, to give other things becomes easier. Things like forgiveness. Because your spirit man is growing. Your flesh 
Your flesh is already crucified. Right? But it's like you're walking away from it. You're becoming, the more you give, you're becoming less selfish. Less self-centered. Less everything. This is what the church needs to understand about giving. This kalokalo giving, give God 1,000, he'll give you 2,000. It doesn't enter your spirit, does it? That one is, is gambling. Huh? It's bet Niger. Right? Give God. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying that there are doors can open for anybody. Is that true? And the truth is that our doors are already open. Is that true? Now, understand what I'm telling you. But that process of giving out more opens up your spirit more. But, so, yes, there's increase. There is increase. But what I'm talking about is this. When it is done for that reason alone, it does not touch men's spirit. In fact, what does it do? It threatens their greed. This is why somebody can come to church and give pastor 10,000 naira gift. But another brother who needs 500 to go home, he won't give him. Why? Why is that? He's, he thinks that pastor has more anointing, more blessing will come by giving pastor. Is that true? Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't say you shouldn't give, right? Is that what we're saying here? No, what I'm saying is this. That <laughs> is, is, these things are very simple. If you do it this way, everything we're instructed to do, we begin to reap the blessings. So, actually, the blessing of giving is instant when it's done well. Are you hearing me this morning? The blessing of giving is instant. It's real. It works in you. because you are, It's like you are taking control of the thing that controls other people. You are being in control of the thing that controls other people. You are controlling it. Your own self is not what is driving you. It is the love of God from your spirit. Somebody say amen. Are you here this morning? Is this making sense to anybody? Friends, there is something a pastor said that touched me so well. And this guy is a young, very young pastor. And he was correct. 100% correct. You know what he said? That's why I said to people, don't worry. Don't fight nobody. All I know is that in this country, God is doing a new work. That I know. Because I've seen it. Very young man. He said that, and I want to use this to illustrate more what I'm saying this morning. He said that when as a pastor you take money and give to another church right? He says it's powerful. I said how? He said because in the natural world you are a church. They are a church. You're supposed to be competing with one another. Is that true? Eh? You're supposed to be competing with one another in the natural world. But rather than competing you are supporting them. What does that do again? Everything that makes you jealous competition is taken away. You spend time praying for another pastor somewhere, another ministry somewhere. Give to another ministry. I say church. I give. Maybe I don't, I don't talk about some of these things sometimes because I want the things you do to flow from your spirit. I give, right? But this, that's the reason. So instead of you competing, you are complimenting. The person that you should fight becomes your friend. Because if it's in the business world, you'll be competing against one another. But no, we are not born for that. We compliment them. And the blessing is that. Jealousy. Huh? Strife. Competition. Removed. That's why I said the blessing of giving is instant. And remember, friends, those of you who have, have been preaching since, remember what I said to you this morning. The prayer should not be for your business to succeed. The prayer should not be, Father, this business, let's, uh, uh, uh. the desire is that you, the business owner, improves 
Because if you improve, your business will... Uh... Because, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. The thoughts that, pro that pushes the business, where does it come from? The decisions that move the business, where does it come from? Uh -huh. So that's what happened. When things like, you're not competing with nobody. When you make your business decisions, it's not out of competition. No. You are just happily serving people. And I say this to people. When your spirit is like that, people who patronize you feel it. They feel it. They feel it. So you see, but this is what we have done very long. We are pouring anointing on you, praying for the business to succeed. But you remains the same. The same fear, the same jealousy, the same limitations that you carry. It's all they carry. So what, so what is it that will make the business work? The highest that can happen is that once in a while, things happen, comes back, it's like run around the circle. But God wants us to grow consistently. How many of you know that? Again, it's the same thing about relationship I was saying this morning. We spend so much time praying for marriages. There are ministries dedicated praying for marriages. And yet, when you look at what is happening, come be like, say, go know the answer. Sir, listen to me very carefully. There is nothing wrong with marriage. Marriage can either be good or bad. It's neutral. Marriage is neutral. What makes it good or bad is who? Is who? Is the people inside of it. So if you want to pray for, you want to fix, what do you fix? Is the people. When you fix the people, what they do is fixed. And this is the same thing in every aspect of our lives. And that's what, see, that's what I'm about to show you now. I went a little bit off, but I will come back and connect to this so that you understand why. When I keep telling you that, the reason you come to church, the reason you pray, the reason we ask you to listen, the reason we tell you to do affirmations is still, listen, what you are doing is rebuilding everything that is where? On the inside of you. Because we were never built by the Spirit of God. We are built by circumstances. We are built by what happened to us, what we heard, what was said, what we were told, the culture, the spirit of the world. That's what we have been built on. So born again is that we are being rebuilt by God. Somebody say a loud amen. So for example, when we say to people, you know people think it's casual. Eh, eh, I've been confessing I'm the righteousness of God. Eh, no, no, no. What, what we are saying is that the more you say that over and over, and I've told you here, remember, don't forget. Don't forget. You are always thinking more than you know. How many of you know that? Let me tell you, let me tell you, sir. Let me tell you, sir. The one that you know, conscious thinking, is only but a fraction of it. The majority of your thoughts, you are not aware of it. Once in a while, it comes up. Has it happened to you before? You are seeing somewhere and then suddenly, it's like somebody's thinking through you. Yeah? That's a slip of the one that comes out from your subconscious mind to the conscious. Subconscious just means you are not aware. Conscious that you are aware. Isn't that true? Okay, so... Those thoughts that consistently and, and persistently goes in there is what controls your life, your business, and everything that you do. So when we ask you to do affirmations or confess or read the word or say the things we ask you to say, I'm this, and what you are rebuilding is what? In the inside of you. That means you are using the word of God now by the spirit to rebuild yourself from where? From the inside. Praise God. Does this make sense to anybody here this morning? All right, so watch this. So now, let me go back to this. So why is it that this freedom is important. Remember we say freedom. So when you give out of freedom, you are giving from the spirit. Because there's no law now. Eh? There's no law now. When you give from freedom, when you come to church, I mean, this is a rainy Sunday morning. How many of you would have preferred to just stay at home and just sleep a little more? How many of you? Come on, come on, be serious. I, I, yeah. I would have preferred to just, man, man, just, just grab, grab a coffee and just you know, go relax and after all it's Sunday. But we came here and it is good for me because I have never told you that if you didn't come, God will curse you. I've never told you that. I've never preached to you to make you
think that any day you don't come to church, something bad will happen. And so this is the work of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. I have never preached to you at any day, at any time. Never for once have I told you that the day you don't come, something terrible will happen. Or this and that. Or you have disappointed God. <laughs> or rapture. Some, some people say rapture will happen on Sunday morning. Yeah? You know? No. And so this is a proof. So, but when you do things out of freedom, it is by the Spirit. When you do things from freedom, there's no commandment. There is no law. There's no punishment waiting for you. For example, when we tell people that God will not kill you if you don't give your money. <laughs> now that one, they fear pastors though. <laughs> they fear too many pastors. Because I remember, you know, where even the church that we're attached to, when pastor just got this revelation, he just came to church and was just preaching, you know, just rapping these things, you know, grace is that, grace is that, grace is this, grace is that. It just, they go, the people, they watch them, the people, they watch them. Grace is this, grace is that. Small time, offerings start to drop, small, 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 small. <laughs> grace is this, grace is that. Attendance start to drop, small, 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 small. Grace is that. The man coming back and say, there's grace, so but. <laughs> hey, there's grace, so but. You know, and that, but it was good, right? It was good, friends. It was good because that what that means is that people were given out of fear. Is that true? That's why they stopped giving, and that's why I say if you preach what I preach in some places, the church will close down because nobody will give again. Because the majority of the people have been given out of uh, fear. When the fear is removed, you do something. That means you are the one doing it. When the fear of is removed. Know that. That's why we tell people, God will not kill you. God will not curse you. Right? So that the fear is removed. So that when you give, if you give in freedom, you are being led of the Spirit. You are being led of the Spirit. Okay. So, next line. Let's go. Because we are talking about, remember how I got here? I'm talking about glory. The glory of God and how this works. Now, he said, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed. Okay, what does this mean is what I just explained to you. The veil is removed. The law is removed. The requirements is removed, right? Now, with an open, how did he say it? We can draw to him now with the veil removed from our faces. With no veil, with no veil. That means no requirement, no law, no condition. Now, all these things is removed. Our heart is more open. He said, what do we do? We can draw close to him. Don't forget, this close here is not he is there, I am here. Or he's in heaven, I am here. This close is what I'm, I just explained to you now. The more you yield to the spirit of God. The more you continue to understand that, yes, there may have been lack in your life before. Yet, now, physically, there might be. But now your thought is centered on the abundance that comes with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's what he says. And it's important we explain these things. Because these are the, those kind of places that we start saying, hey, hey, you say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost is there. When I ask you to say, feel me, right? When I ask you to say, I want more. What I'm telling you is that the thing that is inside of you controls you more. Does that make sense? Did I say to you now, you know, you can have the Holy Spirit and live carnally. Is that true? Is that true? When I say live carnally, am I saying sin? Some of you, sin that came to your mind, right? But carnal is living by the flesh. Five senses. And that's how we can be all fired up in tongues. But we are deceived by the eyes. You see? Because we are going by what the eyes physically sees. Or what we hear in our ears. Or what we smell. That's what drives us. Any man who lives by that is living 100% by the flesh. And notice what the Bible says. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It did not say, don't anger the Holy Spirit. Did he say that? Don't make the Holy Spirit of... No make Holy Ghost vessel... He never said that. What is grief? Grief is what you feel when you see a loved one make choices that are not correct. When you see a loved one go path 
that they should. It grieves your heart. Isn't that true? It, it grieves your heart. You are willing and wishing they don't go that path. It grieves your heart. That's what that means. And so understand. Notice carefully. He didn't say don't anger God. Don't, because there's no anger in the Holy Spirit. When you see a loved one travel a path you don't like, you are here. It grieves your heart. It makes you very uncomfortable. It grieves, it grieves your heart. You don't want them to go that path. And guess what you would do? You would do everything possible to bring them back. Is that true? Praise God. So watch this here. He says, we cannot. So when he says, draw close to him, it's not he's in heaven. You are here. No. What we are saying is that instead of relying on your five senses, rely more on the one who knows all things. Rely more on the one who knows all things. I told him a story this morning. Let me repeat that story. Some of you are not here. This is that this thing I'm talking about is in every aspect of our lives. Before I say that, how many of you know that most of the decisions you make is out of emotions? How many of you know that? It's either you are afraid, right? Or you are upset. Yeah, is it true? Yeah. Sometimes it is fear that is driving people. They say, ah, pastor, what, what do you do for a living? I'm a multi-businessman. No fear. <laughs> it's fear. It's fear. And that which is in the spirit is what follows the same business everywhere. Right. And so, let, let me give you an example. I, I shared this story before. Let me share it one more time. I was to make a purchase of an equipment here in Abuja. And that equipment was 1.5 million naira. So, I went to the first place. I saw that that man was selling his own 650,000. I know it's 1.5, but he's selling his own 650. When you see stuff like that, it's not miracle, it's fake. Don't go, go, don't go and say that. Well, this is a mighty miracle. Uh -uh. Look at it well. Something that's selling 1.5 million. Somebody's selling it for 650. So I walked out of the place. I could have, let me tell you, I could have bought it and tried to supply it to my clients and make extra more money. No, but I wanted to give them what we agreed. I went to a second place. There in my time, big office, big things. I saw another one. And the guy guaranteed that this one is the original one. I said, okay. I went to the bank. I pulled out some money, I think one million in my account. I wanted to transfer um, the rest to him when I get to the office. But I wasn't just, you know, I don't know whether you had that feeling. I just feel that even though with the 100% assurance and everything, I just wasn't. So what did I do? Very close to his office, very close to his office, I pulled by the gate. And I said this prayer. Father, Holy Spirit, what do I do? That's what I said. I just prayed. That simple prayer. And listen to me. I heard two words. Call, chief. I tell people, say, see, God doesn't need too much sentence. Now we, Sabi, talk. Call, chief. Let me explain to you why that instruction is weird. The chief I'm talking about is a politician. I am the engineer. I'm the one that should know which one is correct and which one is not correct. Not him. He doesn't know anything about it. Anything he says is what I said, what I told him. He knows nothing. When I mean nothing. So if I'm trying to confirm something, he should be the one calling me and not the other way around. But I was convinced that's what I need to do. So I called him. Where are you? So I said, please, can you come to some place? He said, yes. He came. And then we went to the place. And as we were walking into this man's office, very big office, very nice place. As we were walking into this man's office, he was on his phone making some calls. As I asked the people here this morning, you know that if you want to do people, as one of them is walking and making some calls, there are some names that you will hear. You will repent there. Right immediately. And that's what he was saying. He was on the phone talking to, okay, yeah, I spoke to so and so person. Names that if you say hear them here, here, you start to adjust your your distance, right? 
And so he finished the call. He dropped the call. He said, ah, I, I saw him and said, Your Excellency, this is uh, the guy who is supplying this. He said, ah, young man, how are you? What's your name? This and where do you come from? The man said, this is my state. He said, what side? The guy said, he said, ah, isn't your brother so and so? Your brother is so and so person now. Say, yeah. Say, okay, yeah, okay. So we greeted. That was it. And as he came talking, he also came talking and uh, leaving. He didn't see the machine. Didn't look at it. When he left, I came back. Said the guy, okay, let me give you the one million so I can transfer the other one later. You know what the guy said? He said, don't worry, I'll call you back later. <laughs> I have the money to pay him there. He said, no, don't worry, I'll call you back later. I said, okay. This story I'm telling you happened 2016. What is this year? How many years difference? He has never called me back. You know what happened, right? You know what happened? Uh, you know that okay, if I want thief, nobody these people know. That's what happened. So when I say, listen, that time I've exhausted my technical knowledge. I've exhausted everything. And guess what happened? I went home and then I just felt like this thing I've been looking everywhere. I just I didn't even know I could find such such thing on Jumia. I went to Jumia and I saw only one person advertising the same machine. When I spoke to this guy, you know what he said to me? He said, sir, I will ship it from Lagos to Abuja. Don't pay me nothing. If you open it, it's not the correct one. I'll carry it back. And that's exactly what happened. He put the machine that night, brought it, and when you opened it, I know that this one is a real one. See, the, what I'm telling you is that hey, the blessing of the believer, don't forget what we're sharing here, right? Don't forget what we're sharing. We're talking about the glory of God, right? The blessing of the believer, and I told you that this glory of God is everything. Manifestation of God, indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that I just showed you now. How many of you know that this story I told you now is a manifestation of the glory of God? How many of you know that? Exactly. And so this is what, this is, see, let me, let me get to the end first of what I'm trying to share with you this morning. Because, listen to me carefully. You and I are supposed to be, right, the expression of the glory of God. That's why I first started telling you that thing, I will never share my glory with any man. It's not us. Because we share in his glory. I am a manifestation of the glory of God. Let me hear you say that I'm a manifestation. Come on, louder. I'm a manifestation of the glory of God. That's what it's supposed to be. And this manifestation can be wisdom, direction, understanding, miracles, breakthroughs, like you call it. In your home is the glory of God that rules your home. It's not social media. Right? The glory of God rules your home. Hallelujah. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Alright, so watch this. He says, with no veil, we all become like mirrors. That means when the veil is removed, like we have tried to remove in this place, remove the wrong knowledge you have about God, now that your eye is open, we now know that's how we know who we are. And then he says, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect. What do we reflect? What do we reflect? Louder. What do we reflect? We reflect the glory of God. That's why I told you that you and I are the manifestation, the expression of the glory of God. And that glory can be in the decisions that you make for your life. That glory can be that you, 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 you pray and things happen. You sing and people get slain in the spirit. You speak words that give life to people. You preach the gospel that delivers the sinners. Why did they force us to go, go do evangelism? Why did they force us? I tell people, if the truth comes in your life and is working, you will tell other people. You will tell other people. You will tell other people. Nobody will force you. If you don't win so, God will not answer your prayer. Eh? 
The reason you are not saying is because you know say the thing get as it be. Right? So it is hard to go and tell somebody else. Because see, <laughs> even your own spirit self is fighting against the thing. It's no balance. <laughs> the thing no balance. That's why it's difficult to tell somebody else. But when you receive a truth that is working for you, you will tell other people. Eh, how can you be? Eh, eh, there's no someone. There's no kind of someone I didn't. I didn't hear. If you don't win a soul, you are like that fig tree. One day God will curse you because you look like you're producing fruit, but you're not producing any fruit. You see, <laughs> don't be fig tree. <laughs> don't be fig tree. No, 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 no. When men received this message, it changed their lives. They went and started telling other people. That's why I have freedom. And so, notice this. Just notice what I'm telling you. So now, how does this work? First of all, what she's doing that brought this man's call, is that a manifestation of God's glory? Absolutely. So, the same glory she receives, she extends over and over. And with joy. No be fear. With joy in her heart. Excitement. You don't know where you're going. Listen to this. From what you have received, you don't know whether you are saved. You don't know whether you are blessed or cursed. You don't know whether you are going to heaven. In fact, you are praying in your heart that this rapture thing be postponed a little bit because you are not sure where you are going. And then you are not going to convince somebody else to come and join you. Which kind of life be that? You are confused. You don't know where you are going. You don't know whether you are saved or not. That's why it's difficult to go and preach to somebody else. But if you come to the place of certainty in your life by the Holy Ghost, you will preach. Look at your name and say, you will preach. I know some of you do. You do already. You do. I don't, this is what I'm saying is a recap for many of you. right? How many of you came here because an angel brought you? How many of you came? You saw an angel in your dream and he said, now, 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 bath and go to Graceland. How many of you? Raise your hand. How many of you came here because somebody said something to you? How many of you? Huh? Praise God. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, there are supernatural leadings. But what I'm telling you, the majority is that somebody tells somebody else. If you have joy, you can extend it. Notice this. So, here we go. We all become like mirrors who brightly reflect. That means, don't forget, the glory of God is the kindness of God. The glory of God is the mercy of God. The glory of God is the love of God. Now that I am a mirror that reflects that glory, what do I reflect? His kindness, his love, his patience, his manifestations, his power, his miracles, because now I am reflecting his glory. 